Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in this week to the, I, I want to call it the inaugural episode of Ground Noise, but it's not because I used to do this back in like 2005 or, or 2006. Um, just a little story and then we'll get to my chat with uh, Jeremy Adams who uh, um, is, a, is a writer for DC and he's part of the whole Scooby Natural thing going on so the, the women will go crazy for animated Jensen Eccles and uh, Jared Padalecki. But uh, real quick, I know people are probably asking why the name change, um, that I've been building up the Ron Pertee show for so long. Well, when you're connected to something like that and you just kind of don't like the direction that you're going, personally, you kind of feel like you need to change things. And I just, I was miserable. I felt, I just felt like shit. Um, it was it was not a fun a fun time to be me. Um, and people that I knew for a long time heard it and were commenting on it. And when the, when the people closest to you tell you that there's something wrong with you, you have to uh, you have to kind of take stock in that and and see about making a change. So I made a change, and I'm happier this way. Um, the focus isn't on me with my name in the title. Um, it's just come check out the show. I hope you dig the interviews and, uh, uh, yeah, I, that's pretty much all there is to it. Um, I had a, I had kind of a busy weekend. Oh, there's also a new schedule. I guess I should say, um, new episodes come out on Monday. So you have all week to listen to it before the next one. Um, anywho, uh, the... Uh, the weekend for me was spent binge-watching things. I binge-watched Jessica Jones Season 2, which was very meh. I'm not going to say that it's more than it is because it was just kind of blah. Um, when David Tennant's character shows back up, it's pretty awesome, but then he leaves again, and you're kind of like, well, now I know who carried the show. Um for me, still the great, the best of the Marvel shows is Luke Cage, but um, that hurts because I'm a huge Iron Fist fan. But I also binge watched Love season three, which is the final season, and I got to tell you, I love that show. It's so it's so real. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it for people because I know there's some people who haven't seen it. Um, but uh, I was satisfied with the ending. Kind of a shocking thing, but it was still awesome. Um, but I think Gus and Mickey are kind of uh, two people who are just incredibly toxic. And they belong together so they don't infect other people. So they don't kind of make other people miserable. So they can just stay in their little circle of miserable. So there's that. Yeah, so. But if you get tired of binge watching things, you can always listen to an audiobook. Uh, and it just so happens that this episode of Ground Noise is sponsored by Audible.com. Just head over to audibletrial.com forward slash Ron Show and you can get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial. Um, and just all sorts of cool stuff. There's Fire and Fury, I think, is on there. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Norman Lear's autobiography, Bruce Springsteen, uh, all the Nick Offerman books, I think. I'm not sure about the last one because I'm not exactly sure how audiobooks translate into woodworking stuff, but you never know. Could, could be ideal for that blind woodworking person. 
But uh, just head over to audibletrial.com forward slash Ron Show, and you can get all that cool stuff. Um, so uh, I hope you understand everything that's going on. There will be a test later, and uh, and we'll be right back with Jeremy Adams. Uh, it's it's definitely been a long time. Uh, yeah, Green Lantern was what two thousand twelve. I don't even know. Uh, Green Lantern. So when we talked last, I was doing Green Lantern the animated series, which right. you know for my first show to be to air is a pretty great way to kick it off. But um, freelance writing can be um, it can be pretty tough. I mean, it's it's you know it's definitely a hustle. And so when I wrote Green Lantern, I was working. I think I was just temping as like an assistant around Hollywood and, uh, and things got, uh, just really tight. I, I, you know, got married and then, um, I can't believe it's been that long, but I was just, I was miserable. I needed a full-time job and I ended up taking a job for a toy company called Jack's Pacific. And oh yeah, I, was, I know them. Yeah. And I was a assistant there and uh in licensing but they had all these organic toy toy brands these brands that were their own and i was just you know i i obviously drink too much caffeine i started writing these you know uh powerpoint presentations on what they should do and they should incorporate this in the story blah 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 and about that time green lantern had come out and they were like well why aren't you working for us why aren't you writing on our show and i was like what are you your show what's your show and it was a little show called Monsuno that was on Nicktoons that very few people in the United States saw. Uh, and I went to write on it. And then they uh, they gave me, um, after a while, they gave me a promotion to assistant producer on it. And I was working under the, the great Mike Ryan. And, and it was fantastic. We did a bunch of episodes. And I learned, I really learned, I mean, as much as I learned how to write before Green Lantern and then through the process of Green Lantern and then on a show that was on weekly, I really learned the tricks of the trade. And then, and then, uh, you know, like a lot of shows that are based on toys, you are only as good as your toy sales and our toy sales were not good. So I remember, uh, my wife telling me she was pregnant on a Friday and on that Monday, um, the entire department was, was, uh, let go. Because the toys just weren't doing it. Wow, so, that's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. But but it was kind of good in retrospect. I got to be there for my wife's entire pregnancy, go to every uh, you know doctor's appointment. And I was freelancing. I was doing a lot of ghosting. And then, um, you know, uh, like a year and a half later, I was. it was tough. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Justice League action happened. And that show really brought me into Warner Brothers and started my upward trajectory, as it were, for Warner, which is great, because Justice League Action was really fun, and uh, and I had an unbelievable time. I got to work with Alan Burnett, who, you know, oh, is man. just... Oh, like, man, that name shows up on, on my childhood quite a bit. Yeah, he is unbelievable. And, and so Jim Krieg, who is my mentor, took Alan Burnett, myself, and a few other writers, and we went out on a boat up at Lake Arrowhead, out here and we broke we must have broke like 20 episodes of uh justice league action and alan burnett is just so smart that we could all be talking and trying to figure something out for a long time and the minute there's a lull in conversation he will shoot the silver bullet he'll be like oh this is what you need to do and you just look at him like you haven't said anything and then you just come out with this genius 
um, it was it was a fantastic, fantastic uh, opportunity and experience to be able to to work for him and and learn from him. And then he retired just a little bit after that, which was uh, uh, sad and wonderful to see him go. Well, I mean, you get you get the like the insight from him, and then he just it's kind of like uh, Kwai Chan Kane from. Yeah. Uh, from Kung Fu, just kind of coming in and fixing your problems, and like I'm gonna mosey on down That's to right. Tha- I'm a mosey on down to Thailand so I can <laughs> do something in the closet. Ron, you're my people. Anybody that that mentions Kung Fu is my people. Well, you, <laughs> hey man, I remember uh, watching the reruns, and then I started watching the the secondary, like the the, the reboot. I guess it was yeah. Kung Fu: The Legend Continues. Oh yeah, yeah, with the son. Yeah, yeah or his son's a cop, and he's like running, or you know, it's like oh jeez, oh Bill. <laughs> Bill, that's, why why'd you have to why'd you have to go down to Thailand? Why? No, no. that first that first series is so good. The second series was around that time where there was just so much syndicated television, and I became such a like a weird connoisseur of syndicated television. Whether it was like Relic Hunter or any of the <laughs> Stephen J. Cannell stuff, it was always kind of it was mostly bad, but uh, sometimes it was interesting. Who knows? Yeah, that uh, that show was man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't <laughs> kung no, fu. No, had kung fu in it, and that and you know those were lean times. If you were a nerd, you were just like you just looked for anything that had like martial arts in it or ninjas. No matter how bad it was, there was such little content, uh, you know, to keep you satisfied in a way. You just kind of filled it up with whatever. Well, you mentioned being a nerd, and I have, I have a legitimate question for a fellow nerd. All right. Yeah. Now we're nerds. Yeah. V- through and through, there's nothing about us that does not scream. Put our <laughs> put our heads into a toilet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But now, have you noticed mm-hmm. that it's okay to say you're a nerd? Yeah. But it's not okay to be a nerd. Like we still haven't had that. Yeah. You know the 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 the, the nerd revolution. Like for me, it's 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 very surreal because. Um, all the stuff I think that you and I grew up loving uh, and all the stuff that was really – if you were kind of on the fringes of society or you're somewhere in the spectrum, you know, like uh, you ended up gravitating toward – whether it was horror or whether it was uh, Dungeons and Dragons or comic books, that was not stuff – growing up for me, it was not stuff that was popular. And it was kind of like you were kind of mocked a little bit and uh, like you said, your head – tossed in you know a toilet bowl or trash can and i i was definitely one of those people that got bullied a lot and you remember wizard magazine they would be like oh wizard casts this and you'd be sitting (sighs) oh wouldn't that be amazing if they ever made this movie we are so there's such a glut of it now it's actually i i actually when you get done with that i got i got a funny story I, i can tell you about me and wizard magazine i can't wait well, I, I what I was going to say is now all that stuff that we loved um, is so prevalent and everybody, everybody loves it now. Um, and I feel kind of hipster because I'm like, I loved it first. And I don't think they I don't it, like kids that grow up now are so involved in it that it doesn't mean as much in a way. And that, the other thing is, is they don't uh, they also don't read single issues anymore. It's always oh. let me let me get the trade when it's all done. Dude, they don't read comics. I mean, comics are so, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. When Green Lantern came out, the movie, uh, and I remember this, was the the huge uh, uh, 
there was a huge, um, uh, I wanted to, I can't figure out the word. Uh, anyways, people were up in arms because they were like, how dare Green Lantern be white? And it was because everybody had been watching Justice League Unlimited. And to them, there's just, uh, there's hundreds of thousands of more people that watch cartoons and the cartoon stuff or the Marvel Universe and will not bother with the comic book world at all. And uh, that's not here and there. That's not bad or good or whatever. Uh, but it is interesting because I, I consult with marketing companies sometimes and I'll be on the, the phone. And the reason they hire me is because I'm a nerd. And I had this guy tell me he was on the phone with me and he was like, I love, love Marvel. I love this. I love that. And after about five minutes, he goes, but, but I mean, the movies, I, I've never read the comics. And it was just like he was, he was kind of putting himself as an expert, but it was only because there was so much material media wise. Uh, uh, it, it's I know I'm the same way. I'm like, you guys don't understand. Like that stuff was a life raft to us in so many ways. It really was. And the thing about it is, is you get the people who read comics seeing the evolution of Thanos in these Marvel movies. Right. And he went from being like, wow, that looks really badass yeah. to now he looks like Thanos J. Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's funny. And he does, gonna... Oh, about wizard. Yes. Okay. So do you remember um, right after Hal sacrificed himself in Final Night? Yeah. And uh, there was a big article in Wizard about uh, Hal's Emerald attack team. That sounds familiar. Okay. Well, in the beginning of the article... There is a line about someone that they said threatened then editor Kevin Dooley. Uh, oh no! Yeah, I think you know where this is going. So oh, no. I wasn't when when Hal for the longest time was my favorite character. He could do no yeah. wrong. You know, I looked at Zero Hour and I was like, "Hey, he's just trying to make things better." Yeah. Um, you know, like <laughs> almost like a Magneto was right type of thing. And. Uh, so I, uh, I I read Final Light. I'm like, this is awesome. Hal shows up, saves a day because that's what he does. Um, and then he dies. And I'm like, I this is not cool. I'm not okay. I'm not okay with crab face. You know. Uh, so I don't care how many girlfriends they shove into a, a, a refrigerator. I don't like the character. So I'm in a DC chat room on AOL. Remember, kid, back in the day, kids, you could chat on AOL in a chat room. <laughs> and uh, that uh, I went in there and it was a DC chat room and everybody's all kissing Kevin Dooley's behind like it's nobody's business. And I didn't ha at, at first I was super pissed at Ron Mars because he's the one that wrote it. But yeah. then I realized that he's just the assassin. Yeah. He didn't put the hit out on him. So, <laughs> so I go in there and I'm like, I told Kevin Dooley, I'm like, I hope you end up just like Hal. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, you mean sacrificing myself and I'm being loved by millions? I'm like, no, just die. And that's all I said. I didn't say I was going to do anything to him. Oh, I just man. wished, I just wished death upon him. And all of a yeah. sudden, all of a sudden, it just says you have been banned from the DC chat room, oh, um, which is fine because now I'll, I'll just troll them on Twitter. But um, right. so. <laughs> But I'm like, and then the next month, this big article comes out in Wizard about rabid Hal Jordan fans being upset that he's dead. And it led with the line, I just wish you would die. And I was like, oh, there's a local, one of the local comic shops here. We're super excited about that. I signed, signed the copy and they put it on the wall. And, uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, and now where's, where's Kevin Dooley? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and where's yeah. Hal Jordan? Hal's got his own book. 
Yeah, but what's weird is, I mean, that, that type of fan backlash still exists. It's just, it's so polarized in every facet of every piece of entertainment, you know. Uh, it's well, crazy. I mean, I just don't, I don't think, here's the th- I, I'm sorry, but I just don't no, think no. that, I just don't, I think that the polarization of, of pop culture when it comes to comics especially, yeah. I think no. it's gotten to a point now where people don't, um, they take it too far. What I, I mean, granted, what I said was not exactly uh, something that a you know nineteen year old person should have said, but sure, you know, sure, sure. Um, but I really feel like now they're taking it way too far, and um, the PC police have been like, I remember when Marvel went all weird. It's like, oh well, Hulk's an Asian kid. Why can't right. he? Why can't he just be Bruce Banner? Or Iron right. Man is now Iron Heart, and it's uh, it's an African American uh, female. Okay, right. but whatever, you know. I, I one of the comic shop, the comic shop I go to, the, the owner, great guy. Uh, don't get me wrong, but he's so like Peter Parker has to be a certain way, right? He's like he can't be a billionaire. I mean, I right. have granted, I haven't read Marvel comics, and for you know, I think the only Marvel, Marvel book I still pick up is Captain America, but and that's just because it's Mark Wade. Right. Um, but I'm done with Marvel because they keep rebooting everything. And um, <laughs> come on, not as much as DC reboots everything. Yeah, but I mean, DC's current reboot is amazing. I heard it's amazing. So, so off of that, I get I uh, because my comic buying habit was so out of control, uh, um, and then I ended up getting married and having kids. There was no room for comic books. And uh, so I ended up getting the Marvel Unlimited. So I'm always about six months behind everything that's happening in Marvel. But I get a huge swath of Marvel, right? Like it's 60 bucks a year. I can walk, I can read as much as I want. But DC doesn't have that, right? DC doesn't have any sort of um, no. subscription service like that. Unfortunately, I think that's going to change. But um, I think I read I'm- something about it changing, yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to change. Um, yeah, watch that space. I know exactly. it's going to change. I, I, I just I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. <laughs> uh, but um, I picked up some single issues every once in a while because I thought the new t- new Fifty Two. I you know I think that that was a problem. Um, oh yeah, I, I hated it. I hated it. I think I think even with Ironheart or with uh, Amadeus Cho as the Hulk, I think I think the problem with it. And if I'm thinking outside the box, is I think it's a little bit of the the, the tail wagging the dog. I think you know a lot of the I think that a lot of the contracts in the Marvel Cinematic I'm just I'm this is conjecture, but I think a lot of the contracts for the Marvel Cinematic Universe are starting to you know wrap up, and I think that they have sent down to Marvel Comics, hey, these actors aren't going to be in this thing for long. We need to find replacements and therefore they have replacements because I don't think, but I think it's only temporary at least in the comic books because we all know that Thor is going to be Thor again and Bruce Banner is going to be Hulk again and Tony Stark is going to show up as Iron Man again. That's all comics do it all the time. When Captain America gets killed, remember the big brouhaha and we all knew, you know, even if it's annoying, we're like, we know he's going to come back, <laughs> you know, what's, what's... and we know they're all going to come back. What's scary about that? I agree I actually, with you. I, I liked I liked Bucky Cap. Yeah, I did too. I like Bucky Cap. Um, I really like Bucky Cap. Actually, I even like Dick Grayson as Batman when they did it. Dude, Batman. we are we are like on the same page here because oh. I as much as I like Bruce Wayne as Batman, I thought Dick Grayson was a better Batman. Dude, I when that happened, I remember being so annoyed, and then I started reading it with 
uh, Damien as Robin and Batman, Dick Grayson's Batman, I'm like, oh, this is a better book. I don't know if it was a better book just because it was they flipped the roles and it was like, oh, this is fresh. This is a great take. But it was so good. And I, I loved watching Dick Grayson as Batman. Um, they all, all, all that to say that, you know, it's all temporary and it is gimmicky. I think that's the problem I have. It's gimmicky. And I think back to uh, Peter David's run on The Incredible Hulk, which was decades. You know, I mean, he he read he wrote that forever. And he was able to use the same character and change him within the book and still make it fresh and new constantly. And I felt like uh, a lot of the X titles did that. Like I, a lot of the comics I love did that. Um, I think it's hard for a reader uh, to get invested in a run of comics if you keep yanking the characters out and you keep doing things and retconning their past. And then it's like, well, none of the stuff I went through matters then, you know, that drives me nuts. Well, the thing is, the thing is, is like, I'm all on board with rebirth. I went to the midnight release to buy the issue. Uh, I'm, I'm all on board and I've been loving every because new 52 wasn't great. No, it was not. <laughs> no. So it's like your expectations are super low, but, um, knowing that it's going to eventually lead to Dr. Manhattan versus Superman. Right. And I, there's been a promo out there. I can't find it anywhere, but I, I saw it where Dr. Manhattan like shoots Superman in the chest and really, and, and Superman just gets up like it was nothing. So I'm like, oh, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. But no, I mean, I've been, I've been loving action comics. I've been loving, you know, uh, Dan having Dan Jurgens back on the title was has been amazing. Peter yeah. Tomasi doing Superman. I wish this they were Love both. They were, I wish they were both Mark Wade because if there's one writer who knows Superman, it's Mark Wade. Yeah. Um, but now, so what do you think? What do you think about Bendis going over to? I was just gonna mention that. I was just gonna mention that. Um, Bendis taking over Superman scares me, uh, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you are why. You Bendis fan or are you not? Because like there, it's a particular taste. Like I like Bendis, but like I, you know, a lot of people I know don't like Bendis. So I'm indifferent I'm, to him. I'm indifferent okay. to him. I think. Uh, um, here's here's my issue with him coming over to do Superman. One, he's mm. never really done a character like this before, yeah. and that's your flagship title. No right. matter what anybody says, people are like, well, wait a minute. What, what about Batman? Isn't he the flagship title? I'm like, no, yeah. it's Superman because he's the first superhero. Okay? Right. Before, without, anybody, it's always been Superman. Um, so he, he's, the, you know, it, it's, it's weird to give them the flagship title. And then also what he's doing is he has a, a, a six-issue miniseries or something called Man of Steel coming out. Hmm. Okay. Let me see. Where did this happen before? Oh, yeah, John Byrne. What yep. happened? It messed up the character. <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember that. I remember it was a big deal when that happened before. I mean, they depowered him, and um, I don't know. I, I feel like at least DC's making some moves, and I don't, you know, like I said, I'm not as involved on that side as I wish I was, uh, uh, because it is weird. Like I've done a bunch of like, okay. So, uh, my second DC animated like Lego movie just came out the flash. And then the third one, the third one will come out in a, uh, in May and I've done six of them. So three of them I can't talk about yet. And, um, and Can you so, talk about the one that comes out in May or no? Yeah, yeah. The main one is just a uh, it's a DC Lego superhero girls uh, super villain high, um, which 
I don't think I've talked about it anywhere, but they released it. It's just about, um, you know, they did this imprint with DC, this big push to do DC superhero girls. And um, there's a different version. There's the Mattel version. There's the Lego version. And I got to be involved in the Lego version, kind of set the tone for what it is. It's a little more snarky, a little more silly. And um, basically what happens is we wanted to do the Legion of Superheroes, except in the DC uh, superhero girls universe. And um, it's really silly. It's really fun. For me, it's, it's wonderful because I have a four and a half year old daughter that loves this stuff and loves working on this stuff. And um, I was hoping, I'm hoping that, you know, my work in the DC realm, at least in the comics, or I mean, in the, um, the DTVs and the animation stuff will allow me to open some doors and um, the Lord will, you know, what is it, my mom say? The, the Lord will and the creek don't rise. You know, I, I hope that um, I could get into some comic book writing because obviously that's stuff that I dreamt of doing as a, as a kid. I still dream of doing. I hope, uh, you know, I've got some crazy pitches and crazy ideas and I would love, love, but it is a weird thing in all these creative industries, everything's very siloed. You know, it's very hard to go from one medium to another, whether it's animation to live action or, you know, uh, uh, comics to animation or comics to live action. It's, it can be very difficult. So I'm uh, I'm hoping um, I'm able to do it. I'm hoping uh, I can ride the wave of Scooby Natural and <laughs> do some stuff with it. We'll talk, we'll talk about that in just a second. But they... Um, now, when it comes to something like the Lego Flash movie that's out, you can get that. I think it's it's out on Amazon yep. and Apple uh, and iTunes right now. Yeah, yeah. And so and it comes out with the thirteenth on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, yeah, the DVD will actually be out this month on the thirteenth. It's available now digitally. I don't know why they do that; they space it out. But the actual uh, DVD will be out in stores on March thirteenth. Awesome. And it'll come. I think, I think it comes with some. Uh, Lego action fig, mini fig. I hope it does. Now, what uh, I what I can tell from the trailer is it's it's um, Reverse Flash causing havoc for Barry as as yeah. is as is his want. But my question is this: Does DC allow you to go into the archives to look at things to get ideas for stories or to like so if, like do uh, I, need, I need to figure this out? Can I go look through the archives or? Yeah, yeah, they 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 do allow us to do that. Luckily. You know, we're awash in a lot of that stuff. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, if you grow up reading this stuff, you already have a lot of ideas of what you want to do and not do. And we did this a couple of years ago. I heard somebody say that they saw this movie and they said, oh, they're doing that in the Flash TV series. And I'm kind of like, really? That stinks, you know, because we, we kind of, but they did it in a version of it in the comic books too, a long time ago. Um, our point person at DC, the guy who kind of keeps us on track is uh, Mike Carlin. And Mike's a great guy. Um, you know, I mean, he's one of the big names in comics for a long time. And so he's the one giving us notes and saying, hey, you can do this. You can't do this. Oh, you guys should look at this. You guys shouldn't look at this. And we, we have a pretty good foundation from which we, we, we pull from. With this particular movie, I think working with Brandon Vietti and Jim Krieg, and we're just trying to make something really fun and silly. And, you know, we got to incorporate the Adam into that. DC Lego universe, which is going to be done. And then this, then kind of particularly what I enjoy, uh, um, I like to take characters that, um, 
that maybe don't have as much umph as I think they do when I read them in comic books. I'll give you an example. So I, 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 we were sitting around being silly. This is the best part of writing these things. And I was talking about how, you know, Dr. Fate should be very white, essentially. Um, I wanted to give him some sort of like definable character. And uh, because in the comics, he's kind of bland as Naboo, you know, especially I grew up in the Justice League international stuff and he was kind of just like all powerful, but you know, a Lord of uh, order. And he was kind of like, I didn't, there was nothing I grab onto. So we made, uh, basically Naboo, or we made Dr. Fate basically very white and it's hysterical to me. And uh, it, it makes pe adults laugh, but kids don't get it cause they don't really know who Barry White is. And there's a whole scene where, um, I was able to write the lyrics for the song, this whole musical number, called it's magic baby and uh and it's at the uh, it's at dr fate's uh oh my gosh fortune uh something of eternity i totally i'm totally spacing on his on his uh his headquarters but it's crazy so we got to take some characters and kind of manipulate them a little bit and then i found out that dwight schultz is going to be reverse flash and that sent me over the moon because i am an a-team fanatic so seeing murdoch you know do the voice of reverse flash was everything and um, and with I don't know with the Lego movies you get to have a lot of fun and be really uh, really wacky. I mean it's an offshoot universe. It's not like you can be serious and it's meant it's you know aimed at maybe young a younger audience. But I think we had a blast just making it and putting it together, putting it together like Legos. Wow, you know it was yeah. fun. It well, was plus you plus you also get I mean you got you got Troy Baker to play Batman. Who is like the? I, I hate to say this, Troy. If you're listening to this, please don't take this the wrong way. But he's kind of like the backup for Kevin Conroy, I guess you could say. Um, Both of them are the nicest people. That's the thing. It's like you meet them and and you just go, oh my gosh, you guys are unbelievably nice. I mean, I don't the, know. I, it, I figured they would have some sort of ego, I guess, and they don't. You know. Well, I mean, and the cast in this is ridiculous. Like you said, you know, uh, Dwight Schultz is yeah. playing Reverse Flash. Kevin yeah. Michael Richardson is Dr. Fate and Captain yeah. Cole. So right there, I mean, Kevin Michael Richardson, that's <laughs> – of course he's going to be able to pull off the Barry White. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, D. Bradley Baker's Captain Boomerang yeah. and Aquaman. Um, yeah. And my my personal my personal favorite, if Kate uh, uh, McCucci yeah. as Zatanna, I have such the crush on that woman. Well, you know, it's so funny. I've written for her now a bunch of times and I'm yet, I have yet to meet her in person, which is uh. hilarious um, because she is, um, you know, she's Velma and Scooby Natural and, and Velma in, in a lot of the new Scooby-Doo's. And, uh, and I've written a bunch of stuff and I'm just like, oh man, I haven't met her. And I, I, I adore her because of, I've only known her through her live action work, you know, stuff that she shows up on in shows and. Uh, skits and, and and I she's great she's just so great yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan and I have a big crush and uh, the fact that she is the fact that she's Velma on Scooby Doo just solidifies it more because Velma's my type ladies just letting you all know um, love Scooby Doo uh, so okay so let's uh, let's get into that now um, right. you have you posted a picture dear sir. Um, with, I, but was it, I don't know, was, uh, I know Moose, I know Squirrel was there, but was Moose there too? <laughs> yes. Um, they were all there up in Vancouver. 
um yeah it, let me yeah let me give you the background on this I've yeah buddy. please do because this is now now this is like now now just for everybody who who doesn't understand where we're going with this this is scooby-doo and the and the the brothers from supernatural team up does that mean that the the brothers get turned into animated characters interesting interesting i think i'm trying to think what i'm allowed to say and what has been said i believe it's been said that there, it, they, there is an animated version of of supernatural that's happening <laughs> in the in this show. So all I can tell you is, I uh, a few years ago there was a um, you know they do Scooby DTVs, they do a couple a year and uh, direct to video or you know streaming whatever DTVs, and they were looking for um, ideas for for guests you know what what could they do and i said i'm a big supernatural fan i've been a supernatural fan from the days of yore when it first started i said oh you guys should do supernatural they're exactly the same they're like analogs of each other and and it got kind of shot down nobody wanted to do um a mashup between supernatural and scooby-doo for the dtv series and i i I thought it was a mistake i think I, i was i was like i'm a big supernatural fan i've been involved i've been a fan since day one i've I've watched every episode, and uh, at the time, I had a friend of mine that became a staff writer on, on season four. So, anyways, cut forward a couple years, and um, I was I was, you know, on I don't know where I was on Reddit or Tumblr or something, and I saw a meme pop up with Scooby Doo and supernatural and i was like see i'm not the only one that thinks so and i sent it to one of my buddies i sent it to jim i said see this would still be great and he goes you know what you know what would be even better is if we could pitch it as a live action show like part of the the actual series and you should you should pitch it to your friend and i said well i thought i did but i I was like i'll do that but you have to you have to promise that you can get get warner animation to sign off on it because they're the ones that are going to have to okay and do all the work for the animation and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jim was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So my buddy, who was a writer in season four, uh, now was running the show um, as of like the last year, Andrew Dabb. Wow. And so I, I text, texted him. I said, Andrew, we have this crazy idea. Would you ever want to do an episode in which it's a crossover with Scooby-Doo? And he was like, yes. Oh, my gosh, that would be great. And within a half an hour, uh, it was all wrapped up. Because then Jim went and had to talk to the president of Warner Animation, which whose name is Sam Register, and Sam's like, "Yes, let's do that." And we kept thinking that this was going to be stopped at every turn. Um, I feel like that's the default position when you're in this industry. You're like, "This, we're never going to be able to do this." And every time, it just it was so smooth and so seamless, and everybody was excited about it. Everybody was on board with it, and so Jim and I. I met with Andrew and Bob Singer, and we hammered out the details of the plot. We went and wrote it. Andrew came over, and this is what we need to do here. And, and it all, and we, and the only reason we could do it was because we knew that Supernatural was going to be coming back. And the minute it got an early pickup, we were able to just steam ahead and uh, allow enough time for animation because it takes almost a year to animate this 30 minutes and uh or whatever how many minutes it ended up being i forget and um and so yeah we we did it and uh and it it, i've seen it and it's fantastic 
And uh, and then we got to go up to Vancouver and, you know, meet the cast and crew and hang out. And it was a dream come true. It really was. I mean, as a fan of the show, to be able to write on the show and to have it so well received. And, you know, it's premiering at the Paley Fest, which is more than any of us could ask for. And uh, we are we are kind of flabbergasted by the. Uh, by everything that has gone on and i that the other thing is meeting the cast was one of those things where you know they're really good looking people but beyond that they're they're like nine feet tall like the guy is like (laughs) jared padalecki is so tall i used to think when watching the show he was tall and like jensen is normal height right they're both monsters tall too jared's Oh, they're 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 so gigantic. They're 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 obscenely good looking. And like Jared would like, I think he just like playfully pushed me in the shoulder, like punched me in the shoulder jokingly. And I thought this guy could kill me. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's there's this element of like you know I've done martial arts for years, and you're thinking, oh yeah, let me see, I could take this guy or whatever. And then you're like, oh my gosh, that guy could destroy me in a heartbeat. Uh, he's just such a big dude. And um, and everybody treated us so well. And Bob Singer is like the best director and he's just so fantastic and everybody like i said just fell in love with the idea and we had such a rare experience in um usually we'll get tons of notes on things uh on you know whatever we send in whatever we do there's a chain of command there's people that want to put in their two cents there are people that that want to add or subtract and and a lot of times it's you know professionals that have really good notes sometimes it's not um we 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 got so few notes on this project that Jim and I just kept looking at each other like this does not happen. This is insane, and um, and I can't wait because uh, I don't know when this is going to air. But uh, at the end of this month, everybody will have seen Scooby Natural, and we have either uh, failed or succeeded. And I'm hoping we have succeeded. <laughs> well, you don't want to be the guy who's responsible for the downfall of Supernatural. No. No, you do not want to be that guy. <laughs> there will be there will be women hunting you down. <laughs> wait you know, a second. Yeah. Wait, wait, that's what'll happen? No, just kidding. Well, and I, and I don't mean in a good way. I don't mean like you're gonna you're gonna have like you know other not the, an axe body spray way, Jeremy. No. Uh, no, yeah. no. This, this, it's not gonna be yeah. panties being thrown at your head. It's gonna be giant rocks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, I know, and it's funny because um, I think that's one of the things that's very intimidating because the fan base for Supernatural is so intense. Because I've been I've been around it for a long time, and I'm I'm not as intense as some, but um, it, you know, you get your shows, and you're protective of your shows, and I just really hope they like it uh, because I love the Supernatural fan base and Supernatural family is unbelievable they're they're always helping each other out they're always involved in charity work they're always you know bolstering all the different projects people do and you know we got jim and i got the rare privilege to step into a show and write an episode that has kind of a a fun gimmick to it and everybody was so nice the writers were so nice everybody in the office was so nice and uh I, you know, I, we were both kind of just blown away by the process. And we, you know, I hope that this leads to many other great things because I I made a lot of great connections and I met a lot of really neat people that I hope to work with again. Well, there you go. And if, and if things don't go well, I'll be getting banned (laughs) from the supernatural chat room. (laughs) 
Um, no, dude, if things don't go where I am, lay, I am laying it all at somebody else's feet. Are you kidding me? <laughs> there you go. Blame Jim. But um, yeah, blame blame Alan Burnett because he got you into the business. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just go back as far as you can. Be like, I'm going to go ahead and blame the doctor that helped give, you know, yep. help my mom give birth to me. It's his fault. Well, it's that uh, David Schwimmer and friends. You know, pivot, pivot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I learned to, to just. I, I and I think this is this is pretty accurate. But to succeed in Hollywood, you have to learn the art of deflection. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I mean, I I, you, I always admonish people. I, I have gotten the opportunity to start to speak to people and talk to people about, uh, how, you know, my story, getting in the industry and like what it takes and what I think it takes and what I think is valuable to learn. And one of the things that's important to learn, I, I believe, is the first and foremost is that this, more than anything else, is a super collaborative art form. And when you get that in your head, when you realize that you are playing with toys that you don't own and that um, the people that do own them have certain rules, uh, then you can get along fine. Um, it doesn't mean it's comfortable all the time. It doesn't mean they're right all the time. It just means that that's the part of the job. And I remember on Green Lantern, um, you know, uh, there was a, a situation where there was a note and I didn't think the note was very good, but Jim had told me, uh, Hey, if they want you to write a talking mustache for how Jordan mustache, you can, cause that's what your job is now. And, um, and you can, can take the chip off your shoulder and you realize, Hey, that's part of the, this is what it is. Um, those confines to make something great, you get, you'll you'll get much further. And what's really fun is then you start realizing that there are a bunch of people that have amazing skills and talent that one week. And I'll give you an example. I am um, uh, I did a Justice League action, and uh, that Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman they all lost the memory of who they are. Right? They just they like, what? And Firestorm goes to Firestorm goes to Clark Kent and says, "Hey, you're Superman." And he says, what? I'm just a mild-mannered reporter, uh, you know, I'm Superman, blah, blah, And it was just – it was kind of a, a a lame little laugh line. But then the storyboard guy goes in and and, the, and Clark says, I'm just a mild-mannered reporter. And he lifts up a mug and on the mug is a picture of himself and it says mild-mannered reporter. That's funny. It was hysterical. And I didn't I didn't write. He picks up a mug. It was a storyboard guy who said, hey, this would be really funny. And they put it in. And that's one of the great things about animation is um, they're all, like the directors, the storyboard guys, the producers, they're all thinking they're trying to add spices to the animation as well. And I have to tell you, having worked in a couple different areas in Hollywood now, Warner Brothers animation is gives so much leeway to the creators so much ability like gives them so much rope to be able to do what they want to do and have as much fun as they want to have and they'll rein them in sometimes but the people that i've run into warner brothers are real fans and they're really wanting the best thing and they really are all about uh, how can we make it better how can we make it good you know and that's that's amazing because i've 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 been in some situations where they don't care about that at all. They don't care about story. They don't care about anything. They're just like, hey, we just got to get this done. And it has to do this, this, and this. And we don't really care. You just got to do it. And those are the hard, those are the hard assignments. 
You know, if you're dealing with somebody that's having like I'll be in a conversation with executives and it's just a big comic book nerd conversation where we're like, well, no, no, no. You know, Velma wouldn't do this. Oh, yeah, she would. Blah, blah, blah. And you're and you're sitting there and you stop and you think I could be digging ditches. I could be doing something else. And we're sitting here arguing about what Velma would do or what Batman would say. Like, that's the best thing in the universe. Are you kidding me? That's that's everything. I never thought I'd get paid to do that. I'm just hoping Velma would agree to go out with me. <laughs> well, you never know, Ron. You could never you, know. <laughs> could you write me into an episode of Scooby-Doo? That'd be great. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, you'd be looking out. Buy all my things from now until eternity. Maybe you'll get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see it written in a dumpy idiot from the Midwest. That's how it would be. Yeah, that, that would go over oh, great. Yeah, no. you're right. I'm not an idiot. But anyway, um. Uh, so now, uh, wow, so much, so much stuff to process with you, sir. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got so much stuff coming out right now. I just did something for Hot Wheels, which was like a st- silly stop motion animation thing for one of their toy lines, which was, um, it's stop motion is just a whole other animal. And that's like the second stop motion thing I've done. Um, and, uh, that's, you know, airing, like, I think every Friday they're dropping a new episode and, uh. Like I said, Justice League actions are all out, and uh, the Flash is out. Scooby Naturals at the end of this month. Got another DVD in May. I think another uh, Lego movie coming out at the end of the year, maybe. A couple other surprises at the end of the year, which is exciting. Well, here's how you find out, folks. Here's how you you <clears throat> follow Jeremy Adams, and you find out what's going on with him. You follow him on Twitter, at SpaceKicker. And that's, that's how right. you'll know when things come out. Or I'll probably retweet them, and you can just see me doing it very angrily, <laughs> like this son of a. I swear to God, <laughs> I knew him before. Before you jerks, <laughs> I was a. I'm a Jeremy Adams hipster, you bastards. Right. <laughs> and then when people start digging into my past, and they're like, he made you, he was doing YouTube videos, like that's stupid, like <laughs> right, right, exactly. And it's like, wait, you mean he was doing things before Tide Pods? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh my that's, uh, yeah, good times indeed. But Jeremy, yeah. I want to thank you so much for being on, and uh, oh. everybody, look out March thirteenth for oh. Flash Lego, uh, DC superheroes Flash Lego, whatever, however it is. Um, yep. Go pick it up, Best Buy, Target. I'm sure they're all going to have it, or you can get it now digitally on Amazon yep. and on iTunes. And yep. you got the uh, Scooby Natural. Yep. Uh, Kate McCucci, oh boy, I'm definitely going to have to watch it. Um, two, that's like peanut butter and chocolate getting together. But uh, yeah, yeah, so he's got so much stuff going on. Just follow him on Twitter at Space Kicker Jeremy. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate it so much. Well, that was fun, right? We're good. Everything was, I think everything went great there. Um, kind of back to a, a, a return to form, as it were. I'm happier this way content you don't want an aggravated ron i guess but um yeah next week on the program uh i don't don't, i'm not gonna be sitting here telling you who's gonna be on because i don't like making an announcement until it's been done you know i i I get i don't want to jinx myself but next week's guest is going to be awesome i promise you uh and uh yeah don't forget to head over uh to uh Greetings from Ron.com. I'm still changing the site over from a few things. and uh, But all my social media is there. Uh, the show is... Um, if, you're, if you're subscribed through the uh, Ron Pertie Show iTunes um, feed, you'll be fine because everything got switched over that way. 
so you'll be okay. And and the same thing goes with all of the social media, not social media, but the um like Stitcher and Google Play and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't even use the podcast app on my iPhone anymore. I use the uh, um, the Overcast. And it's weird because sometimes things don't show up right away on Overcast like they would on iTunes or uh, the uh, podcast app. So I have to deal with that. That's fun. But, um, yeah, so just head over there. There's a donation button, Patreon, all that kind of stuff. Just because the name changed doesn't mean that the show has kind of taken a halt at all in a weird way. Um, I had to take, take stock in my life for a little bit and realize where I was going and what I needed to do and what I was making me happy. Because in the end, it's all about making yourself happy. Um, fix you before you fix anybody else. That's just the way it is. So, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.